0: Hello and welcome to the sick podcast giant central y'all know it's the sick as new york giants podcast on the planet i'm your host desmond novak welcome to episode 23 finally giants fans everywhere are getting to enjoy a victory monday after they took down the commanders and in today's episode going to be going over that game as well as a bit of a breakdown into tommy devito's performance let's get right into it turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. podcast. Giants Central. Incomplete, and the ballgame's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The Sickest New York Giants Podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, y'all. It's that special time of year where there's just... There's so much to be thankful for your friends, your family, food, and there's, of course, NFL football all week long. And you already know DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action as new customers can bet just five bucks on any on any NFL action to score 150 instantly and bonus bets. No matter what your appetite is, they got something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, baby, they got it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code six Sports. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets with code six Sports. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gam problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Whew. But now into some actual NFL action, Giants, Commanders, a game that, unfortunately, I will say this. I do apologize for not getting a little pregame uh, episode out before Sunday. My computer just decided it was going to stop functioning, so I had to go take that to a shop. But we're back. We're here. Get to actually break down a game that was fun to watch for the first time in, I think, like, three or four weeks. Actually, I actually think the last game the Giants won was against the Commanders, too. Um, this was by far and away the Giants' best game on both sides of the ball that we've seen from them all season. Tommy DeVito was great defense four six turnover. Saquon looked good. The play ca- the play calling looked the best it has all season long. I'm going to get into that. One big takeaway. I do want to I do want to say before I get into I'm going to start breaking down Tommy DeVito. Sam Howell is fucking garbage. I, like <laughs> all due respect to Sam Howell. Not not the Commanders, fuck the Commanders. All due respect to Sam Howell, he is not very good at football. Like if not for Sam Howell, the the Giants probably would have lost his game. But going to start by breaking down some plays here. Tommy Tommy Salami is what I've been calling him recently cuz you know, he's an Italian boy and that man was was letting him know. Going to pull this up right here. It's his first touchdown of the day went to Saquon Barkley first and 10 takes a snap and immediately watch saquon right here and this i believe it's this commander's linebacker right here this is something the giants went after all game the commanders have some pretty solid linebackers but not really good enough to keep up with a guy like saquon so basically what they ended up doing is they just exploited all game long and on first and 10 here like i said right here this matchup right here was exploited all game long i believe that's Jamin davis DeVito's looking a little over this area. It's trying to see if uh, anything's open, read man zone. And the moment that he sees Saquon get past, there was a beautiful lob. And I'm not going to lie. This pass here, I'm going to, I'm going to replay it. This might be the best pass I've seen from a Giants quarterback in like three or four years. Like even when Daniel Jones looked good, like his rookie season and last year, He was not throwing like passes this good. Like this shit was on the money between two defenders. Like that's just a great play. And then I'm going to pull up his second touchdown here in a moment, which was to Darius Slayton. It's another just like great read and also just making the offense simple. Like it's creative, but it's also very simple. And it's something that the Giants have needed to do. Third and one, Devito's going to take the snap, and immediately, oh, went a little too far. No, no, I didn't. Watch right here. Here's Darius Slayton, and here I believe is Isaiah Hodgins. I'll back it up a little bit to make it clearer. Um, they're going to run. It's not. It's one of those weird little things where, like, yes, it's legal, but it's also not because it's one of those screen routes that we always hear commentators talking about but the weird thing is it's not on the, the screen. Cause I couldn't find a full replay of it. Three, all three of the commanders defenders, like in this area followed Wandale Robinson and then just left Darius Slayton wide open down the field to where the only person that could catch up is, I believe that's uh, Kendall Fuller who had to basically play again, catch up and had a terrible angle to begin with. And Darius Slayton just took off for an easy touchdown. So, it's an easy screen route, easy, simplified plays that I don't want to say the Giants weren't calling for Daniel Jones, but, uh, if they were, uh, he, he wasn't making those throws to, to, to keep it simple, but DeVito ended the day completing 18 of his 26 pass attempts for 246 yards and three touchdowns. And he now has the record fun fact For most passing touchdowns in a quarterback's first two starts in Giants history, which, like, that's kind of (laughs) crazy to think about. Because the Giants haven't had, like, a crazy, like, quarterback repertoire, I guess. Like, Eli and Phil Sims. that's at least one Hall of Famer between the two. And then guys like Y.A. Tittle, I guess. And was it Fran Tarkenton? Is that the guy I'm thinking of? I don't know. Um, But regardless... So for Tommy DeVito to have that record with five, like Jesus, man, <laughs> like that's pretty bad. Um, I will say overall, Tommy DeVito did play very well. Something I noticed is he takes like he processes defenses like a five-year-old, like it takes Tommy DeVito so long to make a read. And you could tell that that's something the Giants were struggling with managing early on, but just like with the Slayton play as the game went on they figured out like hey if we just simplify the game kind of like how they did for daniel jones it's we can make we can make this work and that's what they did and it worked out very well and like i'm not going to give him too much flack for not being able to process plays because like he's an undrafted free agent out of illinois and like daniel jones was a six overall pick out of i mean duke but six overall pick that takes forever to read defenses versus undrafted guy who takes forever to read defenses. You know, I don't care at that point. Um, He did take a lot of sacks. People were going crazy about how he got sacked nine times when like in reality, if you watch the game, a lot of those were on him. Just again, not processing defenses, sitting in the pocket. He, I tweeted about this during the game. Tommy DeVito might genuinely, despite how well he played, have some of the worst like pocket presence and awareness I've ever seen. But then again, so does Daniel Jones so I digress I will say and this is like this is just an observation I've made there's no shade towards Daniel Jones and me saying this but it's pretty crazy to me how both the quarterbacks who have come in to replace Jones have looked either close to as good or better than him I will say Tommy DeVito was very bad his first like two or three starts but like UDFA, it's going to take him time to process. And I mean, if he keeps playing like this, who knows what what the future is in store for him. But like, regardless, Tyrod Taylor, he looked better than Daniel Jones. This game out of Tommy DeVito is better than anything we've seen out of Daniel Jones, like, period. Like, another set I didn't bring up that I completely forgot about. Tommy DeVito is the first Giants quarterback to have three touchdowns in a game eh, since like Daniel Jones' rookie year, which is fucking terrible like i don't care how many because that's the thing i can't even say i don't care how many games the giants are winning because they've only had one winning season in daniel jones's tenure and then tommy DeVito comes in second nfl start ever there was more touchdowns in a game than jones has like since his rookie year and then not to mention the fact that in the two games uh, that devito started i'm pretty sure he's already surpassed jones's touchdown total now yes a lot of this does have to do with Tommy DeVito playing with both Saquon and Andrew Thomas, something that Daniel Jones didn't really get the the, the pleasure of. But regardless, he made some very, very good throws. Like there was one to Darius Slayton where he kind of just dropped into the middle of the zone, where his three defenders, one on top, one right, one left his high safety corner linebacker. And he just slotted it in between all of them. I'm not saying Daniel Jones wouldn't have made that throw, or that Daniel Jones wouldn't have won this game for the Giants. But still, a UDFA and a 34, 35 year old backup, however old Tyrod Taylor is, is doing thing or doing a lot of things better than a guy who just got paid 40 million dollars. And I'm, I'm, a, I am a Daniel Jones supporter. Everyone knows that. I'm like, I'm not like infamous, but like. Anyone who knows me has known that I have backed up Daniel Jones, even in times when I shouldn't have. But it's to the point where like, we're in year five now. I don't, there are no excuses for Jones to be playing this bad. And now when the Giants know that, like, yeah, we have guys that can play better than him. Why the fuck would they start him next year? Let alone draft a guy, you know, take draft, take a guy in the draft, maybe resign Tyrod. And I'm not going to say start him at the beginning of next season, but like still, he's an option. I, I don't, I don't know anymore. Moving on to no more quarterback talk. Saquon Barkley had a really funny game. He had like negative two rushing yards at halftime and end of the game with 83. Also had four catches for uh, 57 yards and two touchdowns. About time, the Giants started using him as a receiving weapon. They, he, I think he has the record for receptions uh, as a Giants rookie. And then after his rookie season, they just stopped using him as a, as a pass catcher. And it's something I've never understood. Like whether it's screens out of the backfield or even lined up outside, He's consistently proven that he can be a good pass catcher. Is he perfect? No. Does has he does he have a lot of bad drops as like in his career? Yes. But like, I feel like Saquon's proven enough that you can trust him. In this game, goes to show they knew that the Commanders had linebackers that couldn't keep up with him, and they exploited that all game long. Um, yeah. it's just uh, this kind of also goes back to play calling. And how, like I said, this is the best game I've seen from Mike Kafka all season long as a play caller. It's something I've complained about time and time again, because for the offensive personnel, the Giants have of Saquon, Darren Waller, when he's healthy, Wondell Robinson, the play calling shouldn't be so bland and so boring and so predictable, but it has been this game. It was not. There was a, a finally a good mix of running and passing instead of just running on every second down and then check down first, check down third down, like. It's not, it's not predictable. It was not predictable. And that's what the Giants have needed all season long because at the end of the day, the play of your quarterback is not going to matter if the defense knows what you're doing before you run the play. Like, yeah. Because that was really, to me, a big issue for the Giants early on in the season is that they tried doing the same shit they did last season. And now, like, it worked last season, but the scouting report is out. All of the film from last year is out. So when you have the when you come out and run the same shit over and over and over again, defenses are going to pick up on it. It's not like it's Madden where you can run the same, not even the same two plays, the same play every single time and teams are, are just not going to pick up on it. When you run the same system in the NFL, teams are going to notice and you're going to get shut down just like the Giants have been. Like this is the second game where they've scored more than like 30 points. And the only other game that they did that was against the commanders. Like, it's just so, it just, it's been so frustrating watching this team overall. And I'm, I am glad they got a win, which brings me to my next point of fans being angry about tanking, which is just like annoying. Cause like, if you're going to get upset about the giants, not like tanking, then like, do you just not understand how football works? Like, yeah, there've been teams that have blatantly tanked. Like we've seen it affect the giants. I remember, the first year, I believe, of the Joe Judge era, the Giants were like a were a commander's loss, I believe, from making the playoffs. And then the, the fucking Eagles bench Jalen Hurts for I don't even remember the guy's name, uh, Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, the Eagles bench Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld in the final game of the year, tanking. And the giant and the commanders won giants and make the playoffs like teams have blatantly tanked, but the giants, whether it be good or bad, they're not the team to do that. And I'm going to go into it one day of how, like, I don't like John Mara and like how traditional he is because like, it, it's fucking 2023. So like, in my opinion, I'm I'm not going to say the Giants should tank because like, I don't believe in tanking and I don't, I want my team to win. I want my team to win games, but like, they're not making the playoffs why why sacrifice a top pick especially when you're in a position where you kind of need to draft a quarterback but i digress like i i kind of want them to tank but i'm not going to be angry about it because i want to see the team win so to those fans out there angry about winning a game boohoo did like way uh under the defense though probably the best game we've seen from from, from them all season they've allowed less points but they had six turnovers, man. I'm not going to dive super deep into them, like do like a play-by-play thing like I did for Tommy DeVito's touchdowns because all of the interceptions that Sam Howell threw were like, they, they weren't great plays from the defense. It was just Sam Howell being like a complete dumbass. And fumble recoveries, there's there's no point of, of reviewing that. Um, Sam Howell's been like, meh this season. Like he's been okay. But in all reality, the dude is not a, going to be a good quarterback in the future. Like he's not a future quarterback for the commanders and they shouldn't act like he is. And I don't think they are. I think they're just kind of using him as a placeholder to draft someone this year, or next year or whatever. Um, but yeah, he's not good. And this game kind of proved that because like anytime, at least in the two or three games, because I watched both, obviously both the Giants commanders games. I think I watched like one commanders game outside. Almost any time Sam Howell is faced with pressure, the dude fucking panics. He runs out of the pocket. He starts throwing crazy passes. And it's just, it's something you can't have in that, you know, the guy that you want to be your future. And it's something that can be fixed. Like, you know, that's not like an issue that's going to stick with him his whole career, but it's not good. Like that last throw on the game, on the, you know, attempt of a game winning drive, really kind of sealed the deal of, like, yeah, this guy isn't going to be shit. Like, faced with pressure, rolls out right, and, like, goes to throw it out, but just throws a complete duck into Isaiah Simmons' hands and takes it back for six to seal the game. Like, you don't have to take the sack, but you can't loft it up. Like, just fucking chuck the thing to your right. Just just, just toss it like that out of bounds. You don't need to loft it up to, like oh it's just frustrating it's like yeah i want to see the giants win but like i also want to see players play well regardless of, of like win or lose because i'm just like I'm a, I'm a football fan i like to see good football being played and i don't like seeing bad football because of a stupid mistake by a quarterback um but i digress cave on was incredible this game first giant with 10 sacks since leonard williams in 2020 and is now the first edge rusher ever in a wink martindale system to surpass 10 sacks which is like Pretty insane to me. Because like Wing martindale defenses usually do rack up a shit ton of sacks because of how often they blitz, but they kind of not they don't really use their edge rushes, edge rushers as decoys, but they're not the main focus. That goes to the defensive ends or the linebackers or safeties that are blitzing. It goes for more of like more total team sacks, less individual sacks. Whole lot of sacks is the point I'm getting across. Um there's a really funny moment during this game. At halftime, he walked up to Charles Leno Jr. and was like, oh man, thank you. And Leno goes, for what? And he says, "The for getting me past 10 sacks later. And then he ended up having two sacks in the second half, got over the mark. And I believe he also had eight pressures as well. Just a, a monster. He's had a little bit of a slow couple of weeks, but I believe he's now like fifth or sixth in the NFL for sacks. He's one of like three players to have surpassed 10 sacks in their second season through whatever however many games like he's a special talent and there were a lot of people talking a little silly about him after the first couple of games of the year and they're looking pretty fucking dumb like that WFAN host um uh, Bobby Okereke looked great once again end of the game 14 tackles two forced fumbles and he and Micah McFadden have consistently been one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL this season. And considering how bad it's been for the last, like, decade, like the days of of uh, Tay Crowder, Jalen Smith, fucking Blake Martinez was fine, but even then, like, he wasn't very great is what I'll say. Alec Ogletree, John Beeson, all these fucking names and I know that these that crazy Giants fans are going to remember. Those dudes, they sucked. They sucked. Alec Ogletree had a lot of picks, but that year he wasn't very good at anything else. Blake Martinez could stop the run, but couldn't do anything else. Now the Giants seemingly finally have two complete linebackers. They can get to the passer if if Wink wants them to blitz. They can play coverage decently. They're great against the run, great in the open field. Both of these guys, McFadden and O'Karake, have been great. And this is kind of like uh, I think I would, This is what I. Would, I was talking about a lot early on in the uh the first couple of episodes of the show, where I was not very high on Micah McFadden at all. I didn't like anything I saw out of him his rookie year, and I really wanted Darian Beavers to play. And obviously, Darian Beavers is still Is still, he's healthy, but like he's still in that like season of like after tearing an ACL where they need more time, like we saw out of Saquon Barkley the year after he tore his ACL. Um, and he proved me wrong in every way. Like he, his uh, instincts in a run look great. He's still, he's up much improved in as a coverage guy. I'll say his numbers are a little out of context, like watching him play. He's not great in coverage, but he's fine. He's serviceable there now compared to last year where he was one of the worst coverage guys. And now in the season, he has 68 tackles, three fumble recoveries, a pick three pass deflections. He looks great. And he's a fifth round guy. Like, Shout out Joe Shane for knowing how to draft something Dave Gettleman could never do. Um Xavier McKinney looked great, kind of just furthering the narrative that I should that the Giants should bring him back. He had twelve tackles, a tackle for loss, looked good in coverage. Again, it's just like McKinney is a great, is a a, a good. I won't say great. He's a good all around player, and I understand why Giants fans might not want him after the whole thing of like, oh, uh, veterans' voices aren't being heard in the locker room but he owned up to it. He owned up to that. He had a conversation with Rick Martindale, conversations with Brian Dable and solved that issue. And he's still a captain of this team. He's still a great leader. He does a lot for this team on and off the field. So I really don't think I'd feel comfortable not only restarting at the safety position, but losing such a valuable leader like that. I just, I don't like that not to mention like he might want a lot of money, but it's not, he's not going to get that much, regardless if it's from the Giants or another team, he's not going to get a ton of money. He's going to get market value. And you know what the Giants have to be? Maybe a little over that to keep him back. Do you keep him? I do the same thing. Um, To stick with the theme of the secondary here, Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins looked fucking incredible. I think Trey Hawkins had like a PFF grade of like 89 or 90. He's no way. No, that was, that was Cordell Flott. Flau- I will talk about Cord- Cordell Flott Flau- in a bit, but. I mean, regardless, I think Trey Hawkins did have a high PFF grade. They both they both looked really good, which is great. Deontay Banks, I mentioned it last episode, really struggling. Like, he's been in a really bad slump recently. Uh, Trey Hawkins, you know, the story of, of training camp, of how good he looked, and then season comes around, he sucks, but now he's kind of starting to pick it up to where, like, he's at least decent. And then Deontay Banks went on uh, Instagram Live after the game and, like, Put out a comment and pinned it of 10, 17 Terry McLaurin played today and was talking really crazy about the commanders. I believe he's from like the Washington area. And I I I'd assume that, you know, knowing that, knowing that he went to Maryland, that he probably wanted to be picked by the Commanders and he was like, Oh, y'all could have had me at sixteen or whatever, but you didn't, and now I'm two and and0 on your ass. Like That's how I'd react to have that chip on your shoulder, that competitive edge. And I'm sure that the 40 year old, maybe, you know, questionable Giants fans are going to be, you know, talking about them and saying like, oh, that we got another Odell on our hands. When in reality, that's how you should act. Have that chip on your shoulder because that's what's going to make you a better player. And then there's Cordell Flott another young corner who has looked very solid for the giants. He had a, he looked pretty rough at times his rookie season but towards the end of the year like against the Vikings, against the Eagles and in the playoffs, he looked well the couple of snaps he played in the playoffs before he got hurt, he looked really good. That's the point I'm trying to make and now in this season he's continued to look good. He's his playing time has been inconsistent. He wasn't seeing the field much early on and he's been on and off, you know, towards a stretch but Whenever he's on the field, he's found success, and he was great. This game again had a PFF grade of like eighty nine, ninety. Third round pick, another mid to late round pick by Joe Shane that's looking to pan out. Which it's really like shit like that is really putting into perspective how bad of not only just a GM but a drafter Dave Gettleman was. Go back. Uh, this is like my my homework. Go back. Look at the draft classes since Dave Gettleman took over, like twenty eighteen. I think so twenty eighteen to. 2021 2022 2021 um and look at everyone picked past the first round there is no one like I think the only guy that really panned out was Julian Love and there was one season where he panned out and then the Giants let him walk and now he's just like not very good anymore so was it really a product of Dave Gettleman drafting or was it a Wink Martindale system that is very good for run stopping safeties? You know, really, really, really makes you think. Um, Dexter Lawrence, this is going to be like my last little notion here about the game. Dexter Lawrence might be, I saw a couple of tweets about this today. He might be the most dominant player, defensive player in football right now. His stats, like a box score tackle sacks aren't insane. But like the amount of pressures he racks up for a nose tackle that's consistently getting double teamed he's like i don't want to say unheard of because of aaron donald but like he's the best defensive tackle in football right now people are going to say aaron donald because of you know oh he was good last year two years ago whatever like dexter lawrence is the best nose tackle in all of football and a if the giants were better and maybe he racked up more sacks just for you know the, the casual fans He would be in running for defensive player of the year. He probably is going to be. He's going to be an all pro again, Um, which is really crazy to think about for me because he was like in a slightly above average defensive tackle for his first like two or three years in the league. And a lot of Giants fans were like, oh, another bad Dave Gettleman pick. And now look at look at him now. He's going to be a two time all pro and just got signed to a big extension. So to wrap things up about this game. Great win. Uh, something the Giants needed for not only because like they can they can lose out and still get a good draft pick, but they just needed this win for team morale, really like you you could tell the sideline, the locker room that like this team has a lot of energy still. And while they're not going to make the playoffs, it's something to build off of, which is good because there is not much good going on for this team right now. Up next week is the Patriots, probably going to be a snooze fest. two defensive-oriented teams with just awful offenses, kind of like the Giants-Jets game from a couple weeks ago, but we're going to see what happens. With that out of the way, though, going to wrap things up here. Thank you so much for watching. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe. Click the notification bell to be reminded of every time we drop a new episode. Thank you again for watching, and I'll see you all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.